Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Uh, hopefully that will work now. Um, so I get the joy of talking about being ambassadors for Christ, evangelism. And um, evangelism is so important. And I really and truly believe that Jesus brings us whole and whole life and full life and that this is good news for everyone. But also, personally, I find evangelism hard sometimes and disappointing and discouraging. If I'm honest, I'm the only Christian in my family and I have got a lot of friends and family who I love so much who don't know Jesus. And that breaks my heart. So believe me, I've had my fair share of evangelistic failures and disappointments. And, um, and I know well the blank look of, uh, yes, Leanne, that's nice for you, but it's not for me. Or the other side, she is so weird. But um, at the same time, I hope you find this talk encouraging. We're going to see that evangelism really isn't rocket science. That God asks us to pray. Uh, and to look for and make the most of opportunities that are given us to share the good news. We're asked to be faithful in the small and in, in the everyday things, to be gracious for our words, to be kind and interesting and not rammed down people's throats. We're to answer questions when they come. And, uh, and arguably, most importantly, that God opens doors. So uh, we're going to look at the passage. Shannon is going to read to us now. Hi guys, I'm reading Colossians chapter 4 verses 2 to 6. So devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Great. Thanks, Shannon. So uh, we're going to look today at how we prepare for evangelism, how we approach evangelism, and also what to say and how to say it. So how we prepare for evangelism. Paul starts in the section that we're looking at today by saying, devote yourselves to prayer. Nothing happens without prayer, or at least nothing should happen without prayer. Uh, without prayer, we may have grit, determination, passion, maybe, but uh, no power. And through prayer, prayer we uh, plug into our power supply. We need to continually reorientate our minds and our hearts towards Christ. Uh, the, it's, it's like a fitness. If we, if we don't keep exercising our spiritual muscles, we will get spiritually flabby and unfit. So we need to keep praying. And this passage has a few things to say about prayer. So first of all, it says we're to pray watchfully in verse two. Keep our eyes open figuratively. Not You can keep them open or closed if you want. But we are watchful for what God is doing. Watchful for what the enemy might be doing so that we're not blind to his tricks Watchful that our lives are firmly rooted in Christ, which is what this whole series in Colossians has been about. 
open to opportunities to talk about Jesus, more about that later. We're to pray watchfully, God, open our eyes, because otherwise we might miss what's under our noses. Secondly, in verse two, it says we're to pray thankfully. When we thank God, we are framing what we're thankful for as God's doing. Christ is supreme. As we've seen, as we've looked in the book of Colossians, we've seen that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. All things were made through him and for him. In him, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He is the head over every power and authority. When we thank God, we're not taking the credit for ourselves. We're giving it to him. Colossians 2 verse 10 says that in Christ, we have been brought to fullness. What we accomplish is only thanks to Christ's fullness dwelling in us. So remember, this is key. When we pray, thankfully, God gets the credit. Thirdly, Paul, this apostle, eminent apostle, evangelist, preacher, theologian in verse two, he asks for prayer. We all need prayer and we need to pray for others as well. This is a no brainer. Who, who do you ask for prayer? Do you go to your city group, your life group, friends, family, you know, go for it. And while you're at it, ask them what they need prayer for. We all need this support in evangelism as well as as much as in every other part of our lives. Fourthly, we need to pray for God to work. Paul here, when he writes this, as you know, is in prison. He tells us in verse three for the crime of proclaiming the mystery of Christ. And although prison isn't what we're threatened with in Ireland, we are in a battlefield and we are in enemy territory and the enemy doesn't want to give up any ground. When Jesus sent out his disciples in Matthew 10, uh, chapter 16, uh, sorry, chapter 10, verse 16, he said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Uh, similarly, in Ephesians 6, Paul tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're in a battlefield. And whilst we shouldn't let this overly scare us, Jesus has already won the victory. We need to be wise to it and aware God is the one that opens the doors to Paul's literal prison doors, maybe. Or, and also to people's hearts. Fifthly, Paul prays for clarity, and we need that clarity, even the Apostle Paul to asks for help to proclaim the mystery of Christ clearly. And we need to ask that the Holy Spirit would give us clarity of speech. Now, this uh, means clear as in coherent and generally understandable as well, but also that it strikes a chord, you know, that it really touches a nerve in the people that you're talking to. And I'm always inspired uh, when I read the Gospels of how Jesus did this time and again. For example, uh, in John 4, when he speaks to the woman at the well, he offered her living water. And it was relevant because obviously they're at the well and they were drawing water. But also this woman particularly needed to hear that she needed living water, water that wouldn't run dry instead of the meaning that she was getting from just relationships after relationships. Jesus was able to speak clearly to her heart as well as to the situation in general. 
And this isn't something that we could ever expect to do by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to have this kind of impact. And that's who we're praying to for clarity. Uh, a year or so ago now, I was going to the pub <laughs> back in those days, uh, meeting a couple of friends for a drink. And I uh, was praying on the way for opportunities to talk about Jesus. And then uh, as we were walking home, we were still chatting. And one of them was uh, having some trouble trying to buy a house. And, uh, and we were talking about that. And, and the other one said, um, oh, you know, things have a way of working out in this kind of obscure fate kind of way. And I quickly sort of said a quick prayer in my head and then said, well, you know, in, in my life, I've seen God provide for me in extraordinary ways. And uh, it, it was it was like a moment at this opportunity just to sort of bring something that was relevant to the conversation. You know, I would have liked to be able to say more. The conversation moved on. Um, but I often try to pray to look for ways to show and speak how God has you know, worked in my life, even if it's just a tidbit and even if it goes no further. So I'm praying for these clear moments that might lead into deeper spiritual conversation. So pray, pray, pray. This is the first most important weapon in our arsenal, in our evangelism arsenal. That's how we prepare. So secondly, let's talk about how we approach evangelism. And I'm talking about how we frame it, you know, how we frame our thoughts around it. And Paul has in this way, in this passage, two ways. He talks about being wise and he talks about making the most of opportunities. So verse five, he says we should be wise in the way we act towards outsiders, towards people who don't follow Jesus. In the passage I mentioned earlier in Matthew 10, verse 16, verse 16 where Jesus sends his disciples as sheep among wolves, he tells them to be as shrewd as snakes. Again, it's not a reason to become overcautious, but to be aware, to look for those opportunities and respond, but also be wise to tricks of the enemy, and maybe for people who are trying to stir up dissension and division. To not be wise in this area is, in Jesus's words, to throw pearls to pigs. Now, if I can be perfectly honest, this one is really hard for me, um, as my instinct, possibly our instincts for self-preservation are quite strong. And uh, what may feel like wisdom to keep my mouth closed in a moment might actually, if I'm honest, actually be fear. So not wisdom at all. And it is tricky. And there have been times when I have been wise to not speak, but there have also been times when I've been not wise in not speaking. Uh, for example, when I was with a group of friends a while ago um, and there was this uh, an older lady at the school who used to mind a couple of the kids at school who are Christian, very evangelistically minded. And uh, and she told one of my friends um, that she needed to know Jesus. Now, this wouldn't have been my approach, but my friend was talking about it. She wasn't being nasty or anything, but she was saying um, that she was told that she needed Jesus, but she had a different religion and, and she didn't need Jesus. And, you know, sort of bless her, this older lady, you know, didn't understand that. Now, I have thought of so many things that I might have said in that moment, just to pursue the conversation a little more, but I didn't say anything. I kept my mouth shut. And as I reflected afterwards, I realized that it was fear keeping my mouth shut because I didn't want them to talk about me like that, even though 
they weren't even being nasty. So I was kicking myself afterwards. There have been other times when I've been unwise in speaking and put my foot in it. And, and there have been times when it's all come together nicely. Um, while we want to strive for wisdom in these situations, we mustn't let fear or past failure uh, distract us or dictate to us. As I mentioned earlier, we're praying ultimately for God to open doors. And so not all the responsibility rests at our feet. And that is a reassurance in this. Wisdom can also relate not just to our speaking and sharing about Jesus specifically, but also in our general lives. Are we wise in sharing our troubles, for example, our fears, our hopes, our dreams? You know, I love my family and my friends so deeply. And of course, I share my life with them, my feelings and my, you know, troubles and everything. But do I seek to strengthen my faith when I feel weak with them? No, I don't. Do I go to them ultimately for counsel on big decisions or deep issues? While I might ask their thoughts, I, theirs is not the advice I listen to the most. Wisdom is knowing the limits to which a non-follower of Jesus can lead you and guide you in your life, which ultimately is heading towards Jesus when their life and their worldview isn't. And if wisdom can inadvertently slip into fear, here's the counterbalance. Here's Paul's counterbalance. The next half of verse five, make the most of every opportunity. Be wise but also be zealous. Don't let opportunities pass you by. Have courage. Don't hide away your Christian faith. Don't keep it secret. Let your light shine. When there's an event to invite your friends to, invite them. Talk about uh, where you were on Sunday, your friends from church, your city group, your community. Talk about how you pray. Um, when we were thinking of moving to this area, uh, you know, a big decision. And, and I would go for a prayer walk around the area after I dropped the kids off at school because it's, you know, all in the same area. And um, a friend, in fact, the same friend I was telling you before who, you know, didn't need to believe in Jesus. She um, she knew we were thinking about moving here. And so she asked me how it was going. And uh, and I said, oh, you know, we've been thinking about it a lot. Um, and I actually went for a walk around the area to pray. And uh, and she turns out she actually practices meditation and she understood more than I expected her to. Um, again, conversation didn't really go much further than that. Um, but I was just, I guess in that moment, I did take the opportunity to put my faith into the conversation and hope for something more. Which brings us on to the final point, what we say and how we say it. Paul says in verse six, let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt. It reminds me again of that Matthew 10, 16 passage where Jesus said to be as shrewd as snakes, but to be as innocent as doves. So what does it mean to be full of grace? There's a gentleness here, a patience, a non-judgmental, not ramming it down people's throats who don't want to hear it, an empathy. You know, of course, you know, many, many people in this city and in this country have been really hurt by the church. 
uh, or if not directly, just absolutely disgusted by what's happened and by anything put off by anything Christian. And of course, you know, I'm appalled by it and I'm sure you are too. We need to appreciate this in our conversations and be understanding of where people are. You know, Jesus let people go as well. And it reminds me of uh, in the story of the rich young ruler in Mark 10, when Jesus told him that it was his love of wealth that was stopping him from knowing God. And in verse 21, it says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. But that rich young ruler, he couldn't let go of his wealth. So he walked away from Jesus and Jesus was still gracious to him, even though he walked away. And so should we. So full of grace, seasoned with salt. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the chipper. It's my favorite takeaway. And uh, I'm sure you all know the difference a bit of salt and vinegar makes to a bag of chips, goes from stodgy, greasy potato to make your mouth water, even just smelling it, deliciousness. And um, Paul says our conversations should be similar, bringing a bit of spice, bringing something to pique interest, uh, leave, leave people wanting more. Um, like talking about your own personal experiences, for example, rather than theoretical arguments, or for example. Um, I often think about what I'm gonna invite my friends to. And most of my friends outside church in Dublin are the same age as me, same life stage, kids roughly the same age. Um, so I make a point of inviting them to the family services because I know their kids will enjoy it. And if the kids are happy, parents are happy. Um, so I tactically invite, I don't tend to invite to regular services because I want to really keep the invitations for the ones that really suit my friends. Um, and I know that those services will be more salty for them. Uh, so that's where I focus and I go all out then. Um, finally, in terms of what we say and how we say it, Paul says at the end of verse six, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And there's two parts to this sentence here, so that we know how to how, know what we're talking about, but also that we're answering questions. Now, what is inevitable with a question? Curiosity. It's what we're looking for, those seeds of faith, the, the desire to know and to discover. But then it's important that we know how to answer the questions when we come, when they come, or we know where to find the information if we don't have it to hand. And, um, you know, if you feel unsure about how to share your faith, like go to intro, go to one of the seminar Steve runs on, um, on sharing your faith. Uh, so we're not here to push our faith down people's throats. We're just answering the questions. But. What if there are no questions? What if our friends aren't interested? All God asks is that we're faithful. The reality is many people do not come to faith, but God still asks us to be faithful, to answer the questions when asked, to have conversations seasoned with salt, to be wise, and to make the most of opportunities and to prepare our hearts through prayer. And, and you know what, as I've written this talk, I've I felt like a hypocrite so many times. 
I have seen a lot more failure than success in my eyes when it comes to evangelism. I can say that I'm faithful in making and, and investing in my friendships with people outside the church, but am I consistently prayerful? Am I consistently, you know, making the most of these opportunities? Sometimes. Are people asking me questions about my faith? No, they're not. And sometimes, sometimes I just want to throw in the towel, to be honest. And, I, and I've said to God, why did you get me doing this talk? <laughs> I'm only going to discourage people, not encourage. And then I thought, possibly you feel like me too. You know, like swimming against the current in this world is tiring sometimes and discouraging sometimes. And sometimes I just allow myself to drift downstream rather than uh, keep on fighting. And I'm not falling into sin, perhaps, but maybe just apathy and lethargy uh, when it comes to evangelism. But if anything, doing this talk has reminded me that this stuff is important. People's eternities at stake. So no matter how discouraged and disappointed I am at the lack of questions, the lack of interest, the lack of fruit, the lack of faith, this is a battle. And I can't put down that armor and that sword until the battle is finally won. So we must keep going. We must keep praying, praying watchfully, giving thanks, praying for others and asking for prayer, praying for God to work, praying for clarity. We must keep seeking opportunities and being wise, not letting go and just going with the flow or, or just acting out of fear. We must keep speaking graciously and seasoned with salt, ready to answer. We must be ready. In Ephesians 6, when Paul talks about the armor of God in verse 15, he says this. He talks about feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Our feet need to be fitted, ready to move, ready to obey, ready to go until Jesus returns or he takes us home. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you uh, that you know you have experienced every temptation uh, that we have experienced and yet you uh, stand, stood firm. And, and you understand that, therefore, more than most, because you continued, even when we give up, Lord, you continued to fight and continued to speak into people's hearts, knowing that people wouldn't always listen. And so we thank you that you understand, and we pray for your, your Holy Spirit to give us all that we need, all watchfulness and thankfulness and wisdom and opportunities and all of those things. And we pray that you will open the doors of people's hearts, Lord, and that you will bring your kingdom to bear in this city, in this country, Lord. We know that you love our friends and our family even more than we do. And so we pray for you to work, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.